Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. It's time to roll your sleeves up and get your hands dirty with Friends of the Earth. Dirt Radio. And hello, you're on Dirt Radio with Colin, with Phil and with John here. Good morning. And how is everybody? It's, what is it? What's the date today? It's the, it's the 6th of June. Already? My God. We are Dirt Radio. We were listening there to Yarra Bug and Dirt Radio, of course, is sponsored by Friends of the Earth. You can check them out at foe.org.au. Now, we just want to let you know, Radiothon is coming and Dirt Radio is all part of that. It's 40 years that the station's been around. I hope it's around for the next 40 years. CR has been a trailblazer. It's still the leader and the benchmark in terms of actually engaging the community. Keep the trail blazing. Support 3CR in our 40th birthday radiothon. From June 6 to 19. To donate, call 9419 or go to 3cr.org.au. The role it plays is really, really, really important. And the role it plays in empowering people on a personal level, empowering communities and giving communities the power to actually take a bit of control of their future cannot be underestimated. Anyone following the election campaign will know that climate change as an issue is well down the agenda for the major political parties. There's a social media campaign running right now that's trying to reorder that agenda and push climate to the f- policy to the front and center of political debate. The campaign's called Keep Your Promise, and Andrew Laird is the campaign digital engineer who's making it all happen. Good morning, Andrew. Good morning. How are you? Very well, thanks. Look, let's start with the name of the campaign, Keep Your Promise. Let's, let's just unpack that name a bit. Briefly, what's the promise what needs to be kept, and who's the your in your promise? Okay. Maybe uh, it would be helpful to give you some brief background. Uh, the Climate Guardian Angels, who a lot of people will be aware of through their amazing angel imagery at various uh, protests and actions, have been campaigning for a number of years to raise awareness about climate change and the need for a just transition away from fossil fuels. And late last year, a number of the local angels travelled to Paris for the COP21 climate talks. And they made a huge impact there with a lot of international media, including an age front page. And they took with them hundreds of artworks and letters which were created by Australian schoolchildren, which they wished to present to world leaders. Uh, They used some of those artworks in Paris for a campaign called Angel Post, where uh, artworks were pinned up in strategic locations, and that was very effective. But uh, 
to, to get to your question in relation to the nature of the promise, it's effectively twofold. At a high level, uh, the angels certainly contend, and I would agree with them, that there is an implied promise that our political leaders will act for the benefit of those that they govern, i.e. us, rather than vested interests such as the fossil fuel industry. And more specifically, uh, the promise is the promise which was made at COP21 to seek to limit global warming to a maximum of 1.5 degrees. You may recall that Australia belatedly and somewhat embarrassingly Hmm. joined the so-called Coalition for Ambition at COP21. So the campaign uh, is working very hard and, and very effectively to provide uh, politicians across the spectrum with a, a polite reminder that we expect that promise to be met. Hmm. Uh, and at present, uh, we can talk about that. If, if yeah, if yeah, like. well, certainly they're, they're dra- certainly dragging their feet about it. Let, yeah. Let's turn to what I'm going to call your campaign methodology you're using social media specifically twitter and uh you're the i would call you the guru um so what's what how does it work and what's your role yeah i I think guru is probably putting it at too high a level but i do spend a lot of time on twitter and it's certainly a platform that i'm very comfortable with uh in essence the uh campaign is a twitter campaign Uh, The approach essentially involves sending a tweet a day uh, from the Climate Guardian's uh, Twitter account, uh, at Climate Guardia, uh, that contains a pithy climate action-related message using one of the uh, hundreds of kids' artworks or letters that the Climate Guardian and Angels delivered to COP21. So just, just to, yep. to, to uh, get me to kind of get my head around this, sure. so each each one of your tweets or your, your posts will include an image from one of the kids' drawings or paintings? The vast majority of them. I, I think from recollection, the very first tweet in the campaign was more in the nature of a Socratic question to Malcolm Turnbull about what his government had actually done since COP21 uh, to uh, keep the promise, but the vast majority use one of these artworks or letters. Mm. Many of them are extraordinarily beautiful mm. uh, or poignant or both uh, because y- y- they're heartfelt. Mm. Uh, they're, they're from kids who see things in a very, very clear way without the baggage that a lot of adults have. And uh, I think for that reason the campaign has really resonated with a large number of people. Now, my understanding, and just from my brief reading about the campaign, is that you've been having some considerable success. How do you estimate this success? Well, I'm uh, on Twitter a lot, so I have a very good feel for the number of retweets that uh, environmental NGOs, for example, get, uh, including the, the very big ones in Australia. Uh, plus other organisations. And we've been consistently getting very high numbers of retweets for the uh, Keep Your Promise tweets. In fact, many of them have uh, got up around the 100 or even uh, above the 100 mark. Even an average sort of tweet seems to be uh, bringing in 30, 40 or so retweets. Mm -hmm. Now, that may not, depending on your knowledge of Twitter, sound like... A lot, but I can assure you that it is. And the reach that those tweets are getting uh, is quite extraordinary because you've got to 
remember that each of the people that retweets them mm. uh, has followers. And to give you an example, we've had a number of retweets from uh, Christine Milne, for example, the former uh, Greens leader and, and now an amazing ambassador for, for issues such as climate change. Christine, uh, e- even though she's no longer Greens leader, from recollection has something in excess of 70,000 followers. Right. So, you know, a single retweet from someone like a Christine Milne right. ensures that you're meeting a, uh, you're reaching a vast number of people. The, the other thing that we've done, uh, and we've, we've done it in a non-partisan fashion, is that in virtually all of the tweets we will tag, because we're using a photo of an image or a letter, mm, mm. Uh, politicians from across the spectrum. So we're not simply seeking, seeking to target the government. We will tag mm. Bill Shorten and Tanya Plibersek and, and Mark Buckler, as well as Malcolm Turnbull and Julie Bishop and, and Greg Hunt, of course, mm. uh, plus the uh, Greens leader and, and at least one of the deputies, because we're very keen to make sure that this uh, uh, incredibly important message is at the forefront of all of the politicians' minds as we approach this most critical of elections. Now, you are, uh, you're obviously hard at work here. Have you got any special plans? Maybe you, can you talk about any special plans between now and the end of uh, when, when we actually go to the polls? Uh, well, there, there are some interesting things uh, in, in the wings. I don't want to uh no that's why i I don't want i don't want you to sort (laughs) of say anything you're not allowed to say the the campaign will certainly uh be proceeding all the way through to the election there are some exciting things that we're working on and uh i suppose watch this space might be an appropriate way of putting it yeah look uh, this is a big question and and probably not the place to talk about it at length but i I just wanted to raise it with you Mm -hmm. clearly you're involved with all this stuff very briefly, do you think, I mean, people have argued that the so, use of social media is actually changing the way democracy works and the way that, I suppose, elections work, but also more to the point, uh, tapping into the citizenry and, I guess, a, a broader sort of base of, of opinion. Is that your sense from, from what you're doing with uh, Keep Your Promise? Absolutely. I, I think, by and large, the mainstream media is broken uh, with some exceptions, but one, one only needs to have a look around at uh, a, a number of the mainstream media uh, institutions, print, radio and television, to, to see that that proposition is correct. Social media is incredibly democratic. The other really important thing about Twitter in particular is it enables you to engage directly with politicians Hmm. in a way that it is simply impossible for a normal person to do. So to to give you an example, uh, if I was uh, the head of uh, a major fossil fuel company or uh, industry association, I would imagine that I wouldn't have a hell of a lot of difficulty in getting a meeting with Malcolm Turnbull or Bill Shorten for that matter. As a normal citizen, I would suggest it's likely to be all but impossible. Mm. And and social media really provides a, a, a democratic way of engaging with the politicians who ultimately are meant to be leading for the benefit of us, not for sectional interests. 
Now, if people want to get get a bit more information about keep the Keep Your Promise campaign or, or how to actually get involved, what should they be doing? Well, probably the most important thing that they can be doing if uh, they're on Twitter and if they're, they're willing to help is engaging with the daily tweet. They can either retweet it or like it or, you know, re, retweet it themselves with their own message. That's incredibly important because it helps spread the reach of the campaign even further. Uh, the relevant Twitter account is at Climate Guardia. Uh, the Climate Guardian Angels also have a, a Facebook page uh, and a, a website as well. So it's primarily a Twitter campaign, and I would encourage anybody who is on Twitter to, to get involved in it. And indeed, if you're not already on Twitter and if you're interested in uh, having an impact as a campaigner or as a, a person who is just concerned about mm -hmm. these fundamental issues, I would say get on Twitter. It's a brilliant platform and, uh, you know, all well, the movers and shakers are on it. Well, we'll be trying to encourage people listening here and elsewhere. Thank you so much for your time today, Andrew. Not at all. Thank you. And that was Andrew Laird, and he's the campaign uh, one involved in the campaign called Keep Your Promise, and he's the he didn't want to be called a guru, but he is the guru of uh, Keep Your Promise. And just to let you know how things work in the environment campaigning area, Andrew's a practicing barrister, and he's now turned his legal mind to climate campaigning through social media. And in fact, he's been recently named as one of the most influential people on Twitter internationally. Did you know that each donation over $2 you make to 3CR's Radiothon is tax deductible? That means that when you're doing your tax return business, you can claim your 3CR donation as a legitimate tax deduction. <laughs> to make a pledge to this year's Radiothon, call the station on 9419 8377. And you're back on Dirt Radio with John Colin and Phil uh, doing the paneling. Now I would like to speak about like a really precious campaign we have uh, Friends of the Earth. You said national parks are protected rights. Yes, of course, we would all say, but think again. As we speak, there are large machines pushing, breaking and cutting down red gum trees in the Murray Valley National Park in New South Wales, in Australia. It looked bad on paper and it looked even worse in real life. It's almost unbelievable that we're employing loggers to go back into a national parks. Morgana Russell from Friends of the Earth is on the front line and we have the chance to speak to her today and to have more information. Hi, Morgana. Are you there? Hi, yeah. Thanks for having me. Ah, it's a pleasure, as usual. Is, is that true? Or are national parks still being logged? It is true. And if you went out to the Murray Valley National Park today, um, yeah, people would be shocked um, at what's going on out there. Um, we campaigned for years and years to get red gum parks protected and um, we thought they were in 2010 and then six years later we see that logging has commenced again under the guise of an um, ecological thinning trial. So they're using science to um, get loggers back into the park which 
um, yeah, it's pretty horrific. What What do you mean they're using science to get loggers back into the parks? Why are they doing it? So the department has the Department of Environment um, and the Office of Environment and Heritage in New South Wales has um, commissioned a trial, a scientific trial, um, to thin the park, so to log the park and see whether... Um, it will help the health of the park. So despite um, having been logged since white settlement for, you know, about 200 years and the health of the red gum forest being very low, they, um, for some reason, think that continuing logging um, might help them. So their report um, claims that, obviously, climate change and lack of flooding is having an impact on the health of the forest. So instead of addressing those two issues, um, they're going. They're doing this trial to see whether reducing the number of trees will help the other trees to be more healthy. To be more um, healthy. I, I saw some <laughs> of the pictures. That is incredible. Some of the pictures you posted. Uh, there is like all these beautiful trees with a hole in it, yeah. like their habitat for animals, That's and they're right. all being so chopped down. And it looks like more like a uh, a clearing coop than mm. a, a proper, mm. you know, like managing in, in, a, in a forest. Yeah, that's right. So we're not against all ecological thinning. Sometimes in wetlands, when there's been a lack of flooding, um, saplings can grow where they're not meant to grow because the water hasn't come back to kill them off. Mm-hmm. Um, but this isn't the case in this trial. They're, they're logging um, 400 hectares of the whole national park, which is also a Ramsar-listed wetland, they're logging large trees. Um, we've been out there a few times now with volunteers and um, some Yorta Yorta traditional owners, and we've seen um, multiple breaches of their conditions. So the trial was approved um, under the EPBC Act under um, Greg Hunt, the Federal Environment Minister, just another you know exciting project he has going. Um, and it has specific conditions. So... We've seen, yeah, multiple breaches of these conditions and we have reported them to the federal government. Um, But so far, nothing has come of it. We're not sure how many breaches will have to happen before anything um, triggers them to come out and stop the trial. So we've seen multiple um, trees being felled that are larger than they're supposed to be. We've seen old dead trees, which we call stags, being pushed over, which are really critical for habitat. Yeah. And we've seen trees with hollows being being cut down. Well, what are they going to replace these 400 hectares with? Well, it's, they're not cutting it all down. They're, they're selectively logging. So they're bringing in machines and cutting down um, X number of trees, depending on which plot it is. Um, and then they're just going to wait and see the results. So in five years, they're going to come back and, and see, are the areas that we logged healthier than the areas we didn't log? Um, so that's their plan. But, you know, if you go into the sites that have been logged now, um, yeah, it, it looks like an apocalyptic scene. All of the ground has been smashed up with machines. Um, all the vegetation on the ground has been squashed. Um, there's branches down everywhere. Like, it, it doesn't look like something you would do to help the park. It, it looks like a what, logging practice. What would be your alternative to, to because you say that this park is, uh, is suffering from, yeah. you know, like floods and uh, it's, it's not getting really, um, really healthy. What would be your alternative to, to protect it and, 
and to protect it and to make it healthy again instead of logging? Yeah, sure. Well, the government um, needs to address climate change, number one. And number two, um, they need to bring back adequate flooding. So because the river system has been dammed and um, most of the water is used for irrigation, the, the floodplains, which are the red gum forests, aren't um, getting the adequate floods that they used to get um, and the ecosystem is suffering because of that. So a red gum forest only survives if it gets enough water. So that's the main factor that science shows um, is indicative to red gum health. So we want more water, we want more indigenous ranges out there, we want you know revegetation projects, we want um, scientific health monitoring projects. You know they didn't do a wide scale um, scientific you know assessment of the health of these trees before they started chopping them down. Um, yeah, they just arrived like cowboys, like uh, as usual, and think, okay, we got these brilliant ideas we found on the yeah. corner of a pub, and uh, we're gonna just log. Uh, 400 hectares and we'll see what's going to happen pretty much and you know there's there's it's interesting to me why this multi-million dollar project got the go-ahead over other things that could have been invested in like um getting some traditional owner ranges out there um like getting more water in there there's a whole range of you know projects that um we know will benefit the health of the forest and the community um and this one is is all you know up in the air. It's a potential benefit, which we doubt will actually happen, and it's having a massive um, impact on on the habitat. Is the I remember that, that we don't even sorry. know it's going to happen. Yeah, like the, the your campaign, like the Barma campaign, it's always been working really closely with uh, Aboriginal mob. I would like to know a little bit more how they're doing with this uh, with this coop and some of the sites must be just being put down. What's going on? Yeah, yeah, sure. So um, obviously we always try to work um, with traditional owners as much as we can and we've been trying to reach out to um, Yorta Yorta whose traditional lands um, this is. Um, so the the project didn't get any official go-ahead from Yorta Yorta. The, um, the parks, the Office of Environment and Heritage manages the park in New South Wales and they don't have, um, unfortunately, any regulation to tell them that they have to listen to, you know, what the traditional owners think on a certain project. They can just go ahead with it. So um, there's mixed views within um, the nation, obviously, and I'm not going to speak for them, but we have um, had Yorta Yorta representatives out there who have yeah, been pretty distressed at, at, at this site and, and pretty angry about it. What is your your strategy for the in the future, like now or for next week and couple mm-hmm. couple the months to come? Yeah, sure. So um, we've been out there doing assessments a few times, and um, you know we're we're trying to build up the the ground support and get enough people to go out there and and potentially um, yeah do an action and get some media. So if you want to get involved, um, yes, we want contact. And um, look up our website on on the Friends of the Earth page. Um, we've got a Facebook page, the River Country Campaign. Um, but basically, we you know we want more environment groups to get involved. We want more people to get involved because if this um, is allowed to go ahead without much scrutiny, it means that the New South Wales government could you know roll out logging trials in all national parks. It's not just the red gums that are under threat. Yeah. Um, this is, you know, the first time they've done a wide-scale um, thinning and, 
you know, they're getting a lot of logs out and, and they are worth a lot of money. Um, they're meant to be giving them back to the community, but, you know, who knows what's going to happen with them. Um, and if we don't make a stand now, then who knows how far, you know, these trials will reach. Every national park might have loggers in it, you know, in the next 10 to 20 years, and we don't want to see that happen. Yeah, definitely. Thank you. Thank you very much for today, like Morgana. That no was worries. like a, a great help and a lot of information you gave us. We uh, So you are the coordinatrix for the River Country campaign by Friends of the Earth. The New South Wales government is currently logging our heritage along the Murray River and they're destroying traditional Aboriginal sites and habitats for animal, animals and flora. So to get more informed or to take action, you can jump onto the Friends of the Earth website and check out the River Country campaign page. We're Dirt Radio and uh, we'll be back in a minute after this announcement. Did you know that each donation over $2 you make to 3CR's Radiothon is tax deductible? That means that when you're doing your tax return business, you can claim your 3CR donation as a legitimate tax deduction. To make a pledge to this year's Radiothon, call the station on 9419 And the current announcement, what's going on at the moment? So today, something really special, as I really like, like I love this type of direct action. So protesters are at the moment outside the Department of Immigration. They're standing against the living conditions of people being detained by the Australian government in our backyards. We have no right or no reason to imprison people indefinitely. And it's our duty to speak up. So you can check out the Facebook page to support them, the Facebook page called Our Backyard. And for more info and to show your anger and support, you can follow the, the Twitter account and regarding the hashtag Our Backyard or Us Paul. Tomorrow, next week. Uh, no, uh, rewind, rewind, the, rewind. The day before. <laughs> <laughs> rewind. The Victorian government is, Labour government is about to bring down its decision about whether to ban unconventional coal gas mining, that is coal seam gas and fracking in Victoria. Whatever happens, and I think the report is supposed to be coming out tomorrow, we've been told, whatever happens, there's going to be either a celebration tomorrow or there's going to be a community protest, a massive protest. And it's going to be happening around 2 o'clock tomorrow on the steps of Parliament. That's Tuesday, June the 7th. And we'll have to wait and see, but please... Get onto the Quit Coal Facebook page. There's also a Coal Seam Gas uh, Facebook page. I will put the details on our Facebook page, the Dirt Radio Facebook page. You can follow us there. But tomorrow looks like the decision will be coming down whether or not there'll be a moratorium and a continued moratorium or a complete ban on unconventional gas drilling in Victoria. I would That would be amazing to see the hand of a campaign like we've been following for years. And uh, we had like many interviews about uh, the coal seam gas issue here in Victoria, in New South Wales, in Queensland. And if finally we could see the, the Victorian Labour government stepping up and banning it forever, this dirty and destroying industry, it would be like an epic celebration. <laughs> 